Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we broadcast today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. No surprise, we're going to talk about the feds today with their announcement and the increase in the interest rates. We're going to dive into that. We're also going to dive into Ukraine. Uh, they're able to get some exports out and hopefully get some ex- imports in for them. We've got some warmer weather coming across the Midwest and Production estimates for Brazil are on the decline. As we know, they continue in a drought as well. And we'll get in this uh, India and the wheat rumor. What's going on and how is that a driving factor in the markets today? Arlen Suderman joins us. He is with Stonex. And I think we have to start out talking about the feds because that's what everybody um, is talking about this afternoon as they made that announcement. Yeah, absolutely. I I came into the week and told our people in my commentary that I felt like today's Fed meeting uh, announcements would probably be the most significant thing on the docket this week because it really will shape the filter through which fund managers will view the supply and demand fundamentals in the commodities in the months ahead. Um, And this is a critical time. It's probably the most anticipated Fed meeting we've had in many years, maybe since the financial crisis. And it largely goes back to the fact that inflation was really picking up a year ago and the Fed kept insisting that it was transitory lasting a couple of months maybe two to three months and then it would go away and not recognizing what the main problems were, they failed to act at a time when it would have been much easier to have gotten control of inflation, and they could have done so at a time when the economy was growing robustly. That growth in the economy has slowed now, and inflation is much stronger. And historically, in order to get control over inflation, we've needed to take the benchmark interest rate above the inflation rate. It's a lot easier to do when inflation is two and a half or three percent than it is when inflation is five or six percent. Um, but they didn't do that. We got the 40 year highs in inflation. It's still moving upwards. And so now they needed to act. And so the market's question is, will they be able to do this effectively? Bringing inflation under control means bringing the economy to a soft landing. You have to draw down the demand curve uh, and, and slow demand down, slow down the economy, slow down consumption of goods and services so that we don't we move away from having competition for more goods and services than what can be supplied. That means also raising the unemployment rate. Uh, to slow wage inflation as well. Now, that means probably taking interest rates to 5 or 6% for the benchmark rate. The Fed's not talking about that at this point. But over the recent weeks, Wall Street has been so worried that the Fed would overreact that it has really been selling off the stocks. Meanwhile, commodities, especially the food-based commodities, have largely been trending higher because, yes, they do have a fundamental story, but a lot of money's been coming in owning them, seeing them as a hedge against inflation. So generally, the story has been that the Fed might act too quickly to slow the economy, hurting stocks, but not be effective in slowing inflation, meaning more demand for the commodities to continue to be a hedge against that inflation. And it was interesting to note when the Fed came out with their decision today, as expected, raising the benchmark interest rate 50 basis points, 
that means that now the benchmark interest rate is 75, uh, excuse me, 50, 75 to 100 basis points, 75, uh, three quarters of a percent to 1%. Um, the expectation is that they will do it another 75 basis points at the June meeting, although Fed Chair Jerome Powell just stated a few minutes ago in his press conference, we don't have any plans on doing anything more than 50 basis points. But I've been watching, and the market is still pricing in 91% odds of a 75 basis point rate hike at the next meeting. And so the market really doesn't believe that. It believes it has to be more aggressive. It's going to start shrinking the balance sheet. I thought this was maybe the bigger story. That's withdrawing the stimulus that's in the economy. It's go and they talked at its last meeting about maybe doing that at a tune of about $95 billion per month starting June 1st. Uh, and about two-thirds of that will be treasuries, and about a third of that will be mortgage-backed securities. They're doing that, but not till September. In the meantime, they're going to do it at half that pace. So the bottom line is the economy is still juiced. It still has its full of stimulus yet, and we're going to phase into withdrawing it, and it probably at a pace too slow to slow inflation or really get a handle on inflation. So as soon as the statement was released, I was watching, and the food-based commodities popped in price, especially wheat. We saw a pop in the price. The stock market did as well because it eased some of the concerns that it would be too aggressive because I don't think this was. Um, so that means inflation is still a problem and the economy continues to grow as well. Um, but that's how it affects the commodity prices. What the Fed does is we saw that pop in money coming into the markets as the Fed announced its decision. So do we see a strong reaction come in the overnight tonight or is it going to wait till tomorrow in a full, full day of trade? I don't know that you'll see a, a strong reaction coming in the commodities because we're already at such high price levels and a lot of funds have already bought into this. And what we saw at 1 p.m. Central Time when the Fed released its announcement was adding a few more cents to the market, just kind of reaffirming what it was doing. But I think it continues to support the ongoing trend. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a, more, a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We're going to talk about Ukraine, weather, and, of course, all those rumors that are surrounding India and how it had an effect on the trade we saw in the wheat complex today. More is coming up. Stick around. We're back with another Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish of Fontenelle Hybrids, visiting with dealer Norm Brueger in the Albion area. Norm, tell us about one of the positive aspects that you enjoy most about working with Fontenelle. I feel that uh, the Fontenelle seed uh, is very consistent year in and year out. You know, the weather in Nebraska, we got late plant, we've got drought, we've got insect pressure, and Fontenelle seems to be steady. We're always kind of rolls right through all of those weather conditions and uh, anything Mother Nature throws, it, it seems to uh, withstand the conditions that we plant in very, very well. They are wonderful to work with uh, Fontenelle people. We've had excellent district sales managers and return customers. Uh, they come back. They're satisfied. It's a real joy working with Fontenelle people. And if you'd like to learn more about us, you can certainly contact Norm Brueger in the Albion area, any one of your local Fontenelle dealers, or you can find us on Facebook or by going to Fontenelle.com. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman. Arlen with Stonex. As we talk now globally, let's look at Ukraine. They are getting some exports out, which is good news for agriculture, even after those tweets that went out saying, Russia, give us back our grain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because we have seen uh, evidence that Russia has been destroying grain elevator uh, and other infrastructure. In fact, this week we saw evidence in one of the eastern uh, regions of Ukraine where Russia pretty much leveled a, a grain elevator and facility that had capacity of around 30,000 metric tons or a little over a million bushels of capacity. And we're continuing to see that. We're seeing attacks on the ports and the storage facilities there, on railroads and bridges that are used in the transport of grain. Um, and also now we're seeing accusations of act- outright stealing of grain, uh, which continues to happen as well. It looks like the, the latest report that we saw is that uh, Russian troops have stolen about 400,000 metric tons of grain, not knowing what kind of grain it is. I can't ter- convert that totally to bushels, uh, but we're probably talking somewhere in the, the 15, 16 million bushels of, of grain somewhere in that. Oh, that, that. You can't just do that over Overnight by filling your pockets. It takes a little bit of intentional effort in order to get that kind of grain stolen, basically from the regions that they occupy. Now, here's the good news for Ukraine is they needed to do some exports in order to finance putting in a crop for this year. And so they have been working hard to do that. I've talked about some of the problems with that, with their rail lines being different size than Poland's, etc. But they have been able to make some progress. During April, they exported about 1.263 million metric tons of grain, and that's about one-fifth of pre-war levels. Uh, the previous month, back in March, I think they were at probably about 5% of pre-war levels. So they are making some progress. Um, that includes corn, soybeans, sunflower, sunflower oil, a few soybeans, some sorghum, uh, a lot of different things in that mix. Um, but they are improving there. We do not expect them to get back to full capacity. I think at the very most they might be able to get, without using their ports, they might be able to get to a, a third of normal exports maybe. Um, so they're making some progress in that end. Um, now as far as planting goes, they're getting close to 30% planted. Their corn acres are expected to be down about 28% this year, but a lot of that is is along with shortages of fuel and fertilizer and chemical. So we think production is going to be hurt significantly. And they may get those acres planted that they think, um, but but yields are certainly not going to be there. We don't anticipate that at all. And the sad thing is the farmers are having, a lot of them are having to farm with flak jackets on, try to protect themselves from getting shot by Russian snipers at the same time. They're trying to get the work done. So very extreme conditions that they're working under. And and conditions, as as we look at Brazil, dryness continues there, and that's having an effect on this crop. It really is, and we lowered our production estimate uh, this week um, by a little over a couple million metric tons, coming down to 116 million metric tons for total corn production. 
And, and I personally would anticipate, I, I'm not involved in the survey that our team down there does. Um, we'll have to see how this month plays out. But I would anticipate we'll see a more significant reduction in the June report. Overall, I'm looking for the Safrina corn crop to go down 5 to 10% um, because of the dryness we have there. It could be more if heat becomes more of a factor. So it's certainly something we're going to have to watch. What are your thoughts on India? Those rumors that started early this morning definitely took a toll on the way the markets traded. It, they really did. Uh, we were going higher ahead of time, but that really jacked all the markets, especially wheat. And so we saw those strong gains hold through the day. And basically, India, when its wheat was going through early grain fill in March, had a period that really turned hot. And the heat basically kind of continued on through much of the last six to seven weeks or so. And that's kind of hurt yields. Right now, India is saying that it's pulled about 5% off of the crop. So that would be roughly a little over 5 million metric tons off. But they say they have enough in their reserves that they have no plans whatsoever to curb exports. That's kind of the late news that came out this afternoon. They fully plan on exporting um, whatever is available. So we'll probably see uh, better than 10 million metric tons of exports to help make up for some of the losses from Ukraine this year. And, of course, all this puts extra emphasis on what we can produce here in the United States as well and the weather problems that we're having here. Very much so. Lots of things that we looked at today. Arlen, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Stonex.com over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-1-0-1. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we want to remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the rural radio.